everyone. In this episode of History Unloaded with Danny and Ashley, we're going to talk about something relevant. The museum word. We are like up to date on the news cycle with this one. Oh yeah, and I still don't really know what happened, but Danny, Danny knows, and that's all that matters. So, so what we're oh, oh. <laughs> two things. We're so good at timing. Actually, three yep. things. We also had a fan apparently approach Jesse at the Cheyenne Gun Show this past weekend and was sad that he didn't get to meet either of us. So to our fan, apologies. Apologies. And like soon I'll be at gun shows for Cowans. So yeah. And third thing. Pete me there. Pit me there. There it is. I teased it. What's today's episode, Danny? So today we are talking about Wild West Madam Carrie. And Madam Style. Madam Style. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So on the floor in the Texas house, I think I'm getting these details right, a representative claimed that allowing constitutional carry in the state during this ongoing debate about this proposed bill claimed that this would be allowing, <laughs> I can't even get it out without laughing. She said this was the equivalent to letting pimps carry guns wherever they wanted, even if they hadn't been convicted of anything. And it was just Wild West Pimp Carry. And Style, Danny! No. Ah! Keep messing it up. <laughs> yes, but she emphasized it. Wild West Pimp Style. And she said it with the authority and the pacing of someone who thought they were winning an argument. Wild West pimp style. That's what this bill does. And then that pimp can roll into whatever small businesses in your community with their stable of girls and they can flaunt it. Wild West pimp style. And so Danny sends this to me and I'm literally like, this isn't real. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's no way this woman sounds you know, crazy. And like, let's just point out for the record as historians, you know, we're not saying one way or the other, you know, which is the correct part of, you know, which is correct with this law. Um, but we're saying that this argument is not okay. It's bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre. And we've talked about like, we've talked about the racist roots of um, certain gun laws. Um, we've debated all that stuff. I think to me, her, her language in the whole speech does have a racially charged connotation. Yeah, because um, he pimp rolls up with his ladies. Like, right. I'm pretty sure is like verbatim what she said. Right. It's sort of like, you know, people that decry the, the, the term thug having that racist connotation. To me, this is really, really similar. Um, well, and I think it's interesting because, you know, there's been such... Uh, a push in the past couple of years to respect people of all professions that, and, and I'm not talking about pimps per se, but also like I heard the word pimp and now it's like the only <laughs> word I hear now uh, in so long, but um, that, you know, we, we don't shame sex workers. Um, obviously there's a lot to unpack in that world that we're not going to get into. Um, but, you know, it's, it's been this big push from a lot of the people that are also arguing against constitutional carry and you're just literally like <laughs> demeaning that entire field that, you know, they're just going to roll up Wild West pimp style uh, with their with their guns and harass you at your general store. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's this whole conversation, too, that we probably shouldn't get into for the sake of time today. But philosophically, she also makes the case for like she she's like, they're not a felon. They could carry a gun. And I'm like, yeah, 
that's kind of how the law works. If you haven't broken any laws and aren't convicted of anything, you get to go about your day. Like this isn't the minority report. Right. I was trying to think of what there was like, there's a pop culture reference here, but because of this, we wanted to talk about wild west madam style because Cody Wyoming was home to what we think is one of the more famous madams in American history, but nobody else knows who she is. So probs not, but we actually have a firearm on display in the museum from a local madam. So IE the female version of a pimp. Yeah. Like I, I sent Ashley the link to the news story so that we could both revel in all of its majesty. And immediately we're like, we have to talk about Cassie's gun because we have an actual sex workers gun in the collection. I, don't, I just got really uncomfortable with you saying the word sex workers, Danny. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but no, it's so funny. Is that this is a literal Wild West pimp gun. Like this is 100%. actually a historic representation of it. And so I thought we could talk a little bit about Cassie, but then also talk about this like notion that the Wild West was this crazy, you know, no laws, yeah. crazy, crazy time, which is not... True. So let's talk about Cassie a little bit. Let's talk about our pimp. I feel so weird saying that word. Like it just, like it feels like I shouldn't say that word. We've said it too many times and now you can't hear it in in anything but a weird way. Yeah. Like it just, (laughs) so let's talk about a madam, a brothel owner, if you will. Small business woman. Uh, Cassie. So Cassie moved to Cody, Wyoming with her dad in the early 1900s. She got married. She fell in love. Her husband died. So she was like, I'm going to start a brothel. As one does. As one does. Uh, to support her family. And so she changes her name. And I think it's like around 1912, she becomes, she opens up one of the earliest brothels in Cody, Wyoming. Uh, but what's interesting about her, I mean, there's not a ton like known about her, but what I think is really cool about her is that like, if you talk to people and there are still people, maybe, maybe when I started at the museum 10 years ago, maybe not now, but there were people in town that knew, still remembered her because she died in what, the 1950s? I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then, so now, yeah, maybe 10 years ago, it was more likely. Right. <laughs> but the people in the town have this like crazy respect for, for Cassie. And um, there is a still in a, in a, sorry, early morning. There's still an establishment named after her in the second location of her brothel, which is Cassie's Steakhouse, where I have always made the joke where they sell a different kind of meat. It's a, it's a solid joke. And I should say, since you've moved away i i know somebody that used to work there and that person maintains that the beds used to be where the that sort of upper level with the tables she maintains that that's where the beds were that's where that's where uh, i think that's where mel says they are no no if they weren't up there i think this is right they repurposed the floor from where they were so that is the original floor from the room but i don't know if that's the original location got it Mel, Mel explained it in, to somebody when I was at, there once. And I was like, oh, that's not exactly how I right. remembered it. Um, so Mel's the owner of Cassie's. She's awesome. Um, so yeah, so Cassie is a literal Wild West madam. And she, there's a lot of great stories associated with her. Uh, one is that there's a rumor that she had a, polit- a politician's wife under her employee. Um, there's another story where on the Stampede, which is this big parade celebration in Cody, she parked in the Prince of Monaco spot and got fined, I think like $50. <laughs> And like she didn't just park in his spot, she rolled up with her women. (laughs) 
She rolled up with her women into the <laughs> general Wild store. West stealing the Wild West style. <laughs> and she was probably carrying that gun. Probably. <laughs> and so Cassie has this really great positive kind of image in, in the town. And I really never heard too much negative about her. I'm sure back in the day, there was probably a lot of negative about her um, because, you know, there's the pros and cons of sex work in the Wild West. I said Wild West, um, you know, but there's also a lot of good that came out of uh, women moving out West. And, you know, even though they were prostitutes, they were put saving their money and actually like starting real infrastructure in the West. So they like build schools and all kinds of stuff, which, you know, thanks, Cassie. I give you all the credit. Um, but we do have a firearm in the collection. Danny, do you want to mention what that is before yeah. we move on to Western carry? What Wild West carry is? Right. And there's a couple layers to this, but the gun itself is... A, uh, it's a Hopkins and Allen. I always want to say an H and R, but it's an H and A. Uh, Hopkins and Allen, uh, uh, thirty-two caliber revolver. It is entirely gold plated, and the grips are super pin style. Are uh, mother of pearl, which I've always thought. The more I think about this gun, the more it doesn't make sense to me because it's like, all right, I want to give you a really nice present, but I'm going to start with a cheap, cheap revolver, like. H&As were not like, they were fine serviceable guns, but it's not like she was getting a Smith & Wesson or something like that. So I think that's probably because the person who gave it to her was paying enough. <laughs> Maybe. Anyways, revolver choice aside, I think it's a bit questionable, but it's gold plated, has mother of pearl grips, and the grips are inscribed to my friend Cassie, every inch a lady, which is extremely suggestive. And we don't know who gave it to her. Uh, there's a couple rumors about who got it or who gave it to her, uh, but it's never been substantiated um, to, or tied to anybody directly. It's also great because I think there's that patent quote. Um, I just pulled it up. You want me yeah, to read so it? Yeah, so if you read the patent quote. This is the quote from the movie. So um, the quote, uh, somebody asks Patton about his mother of pearl grips and he says they're ivory only a pimp from a cheap new orleans whorehouse would carry a pearl handled pistol and we have a a madam's pearl handed pistol in the collection and it's fantastic i just think that's fantastic yeah i just love that Patton has really <laughs> nothing else to do with this um other than that quote i did a lecture for the new orleans uh, antique forum and i dropped that quote at some point in my decorative arts, I, my, my high-end decorative arts lecture. <laughs> I mean, Patton was in the West in the early 1900s, so. Maybe he saw Cassie and was like, I'm going to see New Orleans so that Cody Wyoming doesn't get a bad rap. Uh, so, so yeah, so we just think it was funny that this one thing happened and we happen to have a literal Wild West pimp style gun. And so then we also wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, the American West, because a lot of people think it was just this crazy place where there was no law and order. And that's just not the case. I mean, in the West, there were gun laws. Um, we actually have a section in the museum, the new museum on law and order in the West, uh, with a text panel that talks about the fact that uh, carry laws were actually passed in certain Western towns. Uh, and they were often, correct me if I'm wrong on this day, they were often at the ends of like stagecoach trails, cattle routes, where a bunch of quote unquote cowboys or someone rolling in with a lot of money uh, would come into that town. And they thought that if they banned uh, carry in the town, they made you check your guns in, that that would prevent some drunk people from being like pew, pew, pew. 
yeah uh and in the saloons right and so there are like these instances of really restrictive carry rules like check your guns and it's i guess the idea is not necessarily to debate the ins and outs of like every gun law in the west that's a rabbit hole to go down another day but the idea that there is this ubiquitous western style to carrying a gun certainly guns were prevalent in the west um in some places very permissively carried and of course some of these places it's really hard to get out they might have had really restrictive laws but like if you're friends with the sheriff back then i'm sure you didn't have to follow them like i'm sure there's all sorts of corruption that went into it well people were carrying like tiny pistols right. they're carrying pocket pistols so there was all sorts of new i guess the the main point is there's all kinds of nuance to how guns were actually carried in the west and to sort of assign it and we're guilty of this too just because of I think pop culture and Hollywood, but it's an easy trap to fall into, but to assign a, a style of carrying your gun in the West to the entire American West is a, it's over, it's a big overreach. Well, and it just continues to perpetuate this concept of what the American West actually is. I mean, it's, it's not Buffalo Bill's Wild West as much as people might want to think it is. It's not the Western as much as people want to think it is. And so it, it gets frustrating when, people rag on, you know, use the mythology to perpetuate a point that doesn't necessarily make sense. And a lot of times the people that do that, and this is both sides, I'm not just limiting it to one side, but like people are always so mad when you grossly generalize a group of people. Um, and then, you know, to make your point in a colorful way, you grossly generalize a group of people. Right. And I mean, it's a good point too, because a lot of people look to the past as some reference for permissive laws and if we're using a place like tombstone as an example for a permissive carry the okay corral fight happens because like somebody's trying to seize guns you know there's this feud develops into the ostensible reason is they're seizing arms so it's like well and and, and the most uh probably the one of the more most tragic ones of that story right. is the beginning of wounded knee massacre right was a, a confiscation of firearms after a confiscation of firearms so trying to use the past I think there's usefulness in referring to the past, but it's also gets very, it gets really complicated and it, it's not as universal as we all want to believe it is. Um, as I said, in our text message conversation, it is not a one size fits all situation. Wink. <laughs> I feel like we're so far past the pimp part where that doesn't make joke, that joke doesn't land as well as it did. It didn't right. land as much. I was actually like I, I was driving and I saw that and I was like, ew. <laughs> in a probes. In a probes. You know, but that's one of the things that I think I see a lot too, um, just as a historian that deals sometimes with politicians and whatnot. Is you know, and I think you said it perfectly as the concept of the past is useful. Uh, in order to provide, you know, a, an idea of where we came from, what works, what hasn't worked uh, in the past, what's been done just, you know, as simply in the past, but then people try to uh, turn historical sound bites into rhetoric. Right. And they, you know, they almost get passed down. And then the person that 
knows the least about it is the one that's standing up in front of people as the authority and they you know seem to always get it wrong and it's frustrating because it's it, you know history can be is a very valuable asset in order to understand today in order to evaluate what we need to do with laws or you know anything policy whatever um but then when you use it in a way that is just a quick soundbite you're never getting a full idea of what was going on back there. If you can condense history into 30 seconds or less, you probably don't have that history. You're, right. you're probably getting it wrong, which is why we <laughs> talk for a whole 15 minutes. So it's perfect in every way. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I think we this is something we could do more of because there is a lot of this. There's a lot of the ways that we talk about history and history that touches on firearms history in today's society that's been impacted more by pop culture um, than anything else or, you know, mythology or lore and how that lore becomes fact. And then, you know, how that impacts legislation. I mean, look at, I'm going to do another super relevant thing right now. Look at suppressors right now. I mean, the, I can't remember who it was that basically was like, there's no, absolutely no reason like for a law abiding person to have a suppressor. And it's like, literally the guy invented it for sound suppression for target shooting. Like that is literally what it was invented for. It was not invented for a nefarious reason. And it's still used predominantly around the world in that function. So I think maybe that is a thing we need to do. Like, you know, drop a couple of these where it's like, you get the sound bite from today right? and then unpack why they think that right. and whether or not that soundbite is more accurate or less accurate because some of them lean more accurate, but not a hundred percent. And other ones lean, you know, less accurate with a little bit of truth. Yeah. And certainly for, in our specific instance, Cassie carrying that gun around was not really seen as a bad thing. You know, if we're trying to like analyze this down to the community level, you know, the representative was trying to make this as like a scary thing, but as you said, Cassie's this, sort of beloved local figure. And I doubt people probably gave her grief for other things. Um, her carrying that gun around was probably not the biggest complaint she had. Yeah, I, I have a feeling. I I, I want to say The Simpsons, and I, I don't remember the story, but it's like a family lore story from The Simpsons that there was like a like a fight in the street between like maybe The Simpsons and another big time Cody family about something to do with one of the ladies or whatnot. I mean, allegedly. So this, allegedly. allegedly. So I think that there's a lot more uh, scandal behind Cassie and drama behind Cassie uh, that has absolutely nothing to do with her style of Carrie. <laughs> I, I can't say anything else on that. <laughs> I feel like that, I think that that's the way to end it. I think we're done here. So we hope you guys enjoyed listening to this one. A short gun, a short episode and <laughs> No further comments from a short lady. Short lady. <laughs> I don't know if she was short. No idea. <laughs> Talk to you guys next week. See ya.